your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture With Stick Around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast that's pretty, pretty, pretty good Sponsored by the Swiss Stack with Emmental Cheese Sauce from McDonald's Great Taste of the World Collection. Together with, with beechwood smoked bacon, cheese and crispy onions in a toasted bun, it's a great taste of Switzerland. Available 26th of October to 8th of November. Discover more. We've, uh, we've travelled to Switzerland, we've found a bunch of cows, brought them back to the US motherfucking A, put them in a pen and slit all their throats in one go. To minimise costs. <laughs> Right, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> brutal. Um, Clive, have you had this Swiss burger yet? Um, no, because I refuse to eat inhumane burgers. I've had it. They came over and stole our cows, the fuckers. We're g- they've given us no money towards this at all. They're just, oh, Swiss stack, the taste of Switzerland. Well, yeah, I mean, came ca- over, stole a load of cows. It was utterly disgusting, to be honest, with one of their big Chinook things. <laughs> I've had, I, I, I had one today, Al. Did it was pretty good? much all I've had today. Did it taste of pain? <laughs> it tasted all right. My, I think my review is it's not as good as a chicken legend. <laughs> right, but I mean, if if, ten, um, sorry. if tennis has taught me anything, it's that cows are worshipped in Switzerland almost as much as in Hindu culture, because yeah, Roger Federer get, gets a cow every time he so wins a tournament. Someone rocking up in a chinook and stealing a bunch of cows is like the ultimate insult, really. <laughs> Yeah, and then not only that, then selling them as some sort of Swiss thing, and then giving us no royalties—horrendous. Basically, so, it's I'll never a, buy a McDonald's ever again. It's basically just a cheese and bacon burger, but the cheese happens to be holy. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how beechwood bacon is particularly Swiss, but whatever. <laughs> or bread. Anyway, Clive, the listeners or, or burgers pro- in general. Any, uh, listeners probably want to know, instead of just ranting on about Swiss burgers, want to know you what's going on. You should go buy one, because we're sponsored by them. Um, yeah, even though I'm furious, they are giving us money. And all I care about is money. Um, this is TV Shows, episode 22. Um, I'm here, it's a bit of a streamlined podcast. I won't make my usual joke about getting rid of the riffraff, but it's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm here with James Cable. Hello there. And Alex Wayne. Yo. Have you been watching lots of uh, stuff on the old square box? Um, quite a lot, although it's not really square anymore, is it? I mean, um, typically well, that lasted up until about the early noughties. Now it's more of a it's more of a yeah quadrilateral box now. I mean, I was going to say rectangular, but you know your word sounded better. So, uh, uh, well, uh, square is also a quadrilateral, but you know, tr- yeah, it's always been quadrilateral, but now it's rectangular. Yeah, I mean, let let's go with the better word there. Um, yeah, I yeah. have anyway. I've, I've watched quite a few things. Um, cool. I'm going to talk about two of them. Um, mixed bag, shall we say. I like it. Ooh. Is it going to be a rant and a rave? or? Um, I'm not sure about that. I mean, um, I'm more of like a staccato jazz player when I'm talking criticism, so uh, we'll find out. Maybe I'll go there. <laughs> Who knows? I love the way you've compared yourself to a staccato jazz player as a criticism. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is brilliant. That's going on your, uh, if we ever get descriptions on our page. Staccato jazz criticism is going on your <laughs> Um Right, well, I suppose, let's get stuff started, Al. What do you want to kick things off with while Cable writes a load of notes? Because he's done no prep. <laughs> hey, I've done eight hours of driving today. 
Where was he prepping your head? Well, I... Couldn't, yeah, you, couldn't I you ask Siri to write shit down for you? I suppose I could have done, but... <laughs> cool. I've got other things on my mind. <laughs> I'm going to kick things off with um, the latest HBO show that's launched. Um, latest from David Simon of The Wire fame and George Pelicanus. Got two first oh. names, so you know he's good. Also of The Wire, also of The Wire fame. Um, it's called The Deuce. Um, it's set in the early 1970s in Times Square, New York. This is long before it became this kind of um, glitz and glamour place for tourists, back when it was uh, like Middlesbrough on a Saturday night. Um, pure, you know, grime and sort of like filth. Um, it mainly takes the story about several locals, mainly pimps and sex workers and local bar staff, as they try and negotiate the uh, the birth of the pornography industry. Um, it stars quite a, an eclectic cast. stars James Franco in two roles. Uh, I should add James Franco in his non-pretentious uh, mode, mode, as opposed to other modes he's had. Uh, Maggie, <laughs> uh, Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, and, and several other faces you probably know, but wouldn't necessarily know the name for. Certainly, if you're a fan of The Wire, you will recognise quite a few people. Um it's hard to really pigeonhole this because it sounds like it's going to be a classic HBO show that's obsessed by sex to the extent where it's basically a really, really glitzy, you know, softcore porn film. Um, but one thing you could say about The Deuce is, despite how much nudity and sex there is in it, it's never once sexy. Um, the sex is all very um, dirty and sort of like, you know, commercial almost. And the humour that goes into it um, means it's you know it's it's a sobering and humorous experience at the same time rather than it just being you know an advanced form of masturbation. Um, <laughs> the performances are I mean it's about halfway into the series now but the the performances are excellent all round and it certainly has that kind of street you know street smarts feel of the wire and um, Treme which I thought was massively underrated. Um, the plot, as I said, largely concerns the birth of the pornography industry. It centres on several sex workers who are um, kind of evolving from working on the street to working out that they can make a lot more money from making movies. Um, but it also shows the pimps and the, and the side of that. Now, has anyone ever seen kind of 1970s exploitation films or TV shows before I go any further? No. No. So it's that classic, Sorry. well, fair enough, it's going to be hard to describe then, but um, you know how you have that kind of almost glamorised image of the pimp, you know, in all you know, crushed velvets, really over-exuberant hat, the kind of costume that a um, a fresher would do on um, a pimps and hose night. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of know what you mean. Um, that kind of stereotype is kind of really played upon here, which I thought was really interesting, because the characters, the pimps, um, they're largely quite... Um, you know, quite good company. They have the raconteurs. They they seem to be knowledgeable. They're interesting characters, even likable in times. But the show never lets you forget what they are, um, which is essentially you know, leeches, exploiters of women. Um, I really enjoyed this as a kind of narrative tool because it kind of suckers you in into quite you know, liking these characters. You know, maybe even rooting for them to an extent, and then you're reminded of what they are. Um, and at the same time, the show does a really, really good job of fully fleshing out the sex worker characters. They are not just people who sell sex. They are full human beings who are either in that situation, 
you know, for economical reasons or because they have little choice. Um, but I don't want to make it sound like it's a total, you know, drag of a show. It sounds like it's, you know, purely, oh, look at all these things going bad in the world. Um, the show is actually really quite hopeful at places, and it's very funny. Um, I mean, I should ask at this point again, but I think I know the answer. Has anyone seen The Wire? Yeah. You have, right. You know how The Wire, despite, you know, being in a totally um, fucked up situation, basically, was, you know, kind mm-hmm. of crack full of humour? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're gonna get you get the same in this show here. I mean, um, largely the humor comes from James, one of James Franco's characters. Um, he plays two twins, one of whom is a respectable, you know, barman who seemed to be on the up, and the other one is a degenerate gambler who uh, frequently gets his legitimate brother in trouble because they look identical. Um, but I don't know that this this show just charmed me from the start. I mean, I've been a big fan of David Simon's. Throughout everything he's done, I thought obviously The Wire. I think is comfortably <coughs> the best thing that's ever been committed to television. I think um, Treme is greatly underrated, particularly if you're a jazz fan. And I really like the miniseries he did, Generation Kill, and more recently, I I've forgotten his name. But anyway, I'm a big fan of this. I mean, had anyone heard of this before? Yeah, I think we. I think I might have mentioned it briefly before it came out, but I mentioned that I'd heard about it. But I've not watched it. Um, I've not heard of it, no. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, I mean, it's a really good show. I mean, it's really, really intelligent. And, you know, I would highly recommend it to people. In, in terms of what it compares to, it's hard to really pigeonhole it anywhere because it's totally different. I mean, I would, if nothing else, I would recommend that you look up the actual themes, opening theme for the song, which is called uh, Don't Worry If There's Hell Below, We're All Going To Go by Curtis Mayfield. Which is a classic kind of black exploitation song. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, I don't have a huge amount more to say in it. There, I've been absolutely charmed by this from minute one. That is and good to hear. And I'm looking, I'm looking for where it's going from here. Uh, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be one of those stories that runs, how long it runs for. Yeah, but you can tell that these kind of quite large Hollywood actors are kind of lining up to be part of uh, these shows. I mean, Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Franco in this. Um, You've had people like Alexander Skarsgård in Generation Kill. You had Oscar Isaac in the last one that I can't remember the name of. You know, actors are recognising that good writing will boost, you know, your career, which is a nice sign. Yeah. Um, the only thing, the only worry I have for the juice is that um, it might get lost in terms of we're in an era where there is too much good television, if anything. Uh, there isn't really, you know, you can't really say, you know, back in the past you might have said, this one show that everyone's going to be talking about. Really, that's only Game of Thrones now. There isn't really mm-hmm. any other show you can guarantee that you're going to get conversation with from other people. But this isn't to be overlooked. Um, highly recommended, anyway. Cool. Yeah, I'd like to give that a go. Um, like I said, I saw it. I saw the trailer for it, or I read an article about it or something, and it looked really good. And I saw that it was by the by the, by the guy who did The Wire, so, Yeah. I mean, I know you're not a big fan of television or long-form television, Clive, but do you think, is this to your taste at all? Or um, I think it would be if I was in, yeah, if I was into long-form television, like you say. It does sound interesting. And So how many, how far is it in at the minute? Um, it's, I believe it's five or six episodes in. It's, it's going right. to be, it's going to be a, an eight-episode season, so. Okay. Um, I don't believe it's going to be done after one season, so I don't think it's a mini-series, much yeah, to sure. your uh, dislike. But, um, <laughs> much to my dislike. <laughs> Um, well, not necessarily dislike, just it makes it very unlikely I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. But, I, uh, 
I mean, there's there's one scene in it which I'm, it's a bit of a spoiler, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Where the, one of the main characters, Candy, who's a sex worker played by Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, she takes this one guy up to a hotel and she's giving him a blowjob, and he's this big, you know, big massive guy. And as he's coming, he dies. I'm going to flops back onto the bed. It's kind of it's a scene that's quite funny to start with, but then you realise how horrific it is for her, and her reaction mm-hmm. is really mixed and it's really. It's really well performed. She's not over the top. She's not, you know, crying her eyes out. Um, and she's getting, she's mm-hmm. in the diner afterwards where all these pimps and um, sex workers are gathering and they're all making jokes about how good her blowjobs must be. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the acting is really good in that because you can tell that she doesn't find it very funny. Um, mm-hmm. But she's got to put a brave face on it and it's just, all you know, the acting's all in the mouth and the eyes yeah. and it's, you know could have easily been in someone else's hands it could have easily been overacted yeah um, sure no Maggie Gyllenhaal is a superb actress as well um, debatably better than Jake who knows Although I am a fan <laughs> of Jake cool that's cool. a solid start to the pod um, Cable where are you going to steer this ship is it my go is that, was that, did I say he was doing two in a row um, was he not no fine. I thought it would go you that's then okay. back to yeah, I'm about ready cool well I'll wing it mainly but yeah um, <laughs> he says, well, he's got an entire A4 sheet of notes. Yeah, but it's a little bit disjointed. <laughs> Let's try it. Um, so something I've been getting into, well, I've got into recently, is uh, BoJack Horseman, um, which is a Netflix original animated show. And I'll just read out the thing on Wikipedia, because I haven't made my own notes about the description <laughs> of it. But it's about a humanoid horse called BoJack Horseman, lost in a sea of self-loathing and booze, desired its time for a comeback. Once the star of a 90s sitcom in which he was the adoptive father of Three orphan kids. The show was the hottest thing around and suddenly was cancelled. 18 years later, Bojack wants to regain his dignity. And now, I wasn't expecting to like this show. And in fact, I didn't start watching I didn't watch it because I thought when I first sort of saw about it and saw the adverts and stuff, I thought it looked a bit stupid. Um, you know, it's got human, humanoid animals um, and it's about this washed up Hollywood star. And I thought it just looked a bit boring and not really for me um, and then this guy at work just kept going on about it and saying oh you got to watch it you got to watch it so eventually I caved and I started watching it um, it was basically after I finished watching Rick and Morty and I fancied another animated thing and yeah I got into it and I, at first I thought it was a bit weird because it was very different to Rick and Morty but um, then I started to really enjoy it um, so Bojack is played by Will Arnett um, in the first season his he's having his uh, memoirs written by a woman called Diane, and she's played by Alison Brie. His sort of sidekick, or best friend, who sort of lives on his couch, is uh, played by Aaron Paul. He's called Todd. And then his rival is called Mr. Peanut Butter, and he's a Labrador. Um, and he's sort of from a rival TV show from back when um, Bojack was big. And, yeah, so I thought the humanoid animals were a bit stupid, but then I started to really like it, because they, they sort of do these constant, like, little animal puns as it's going along, which you sort of notice, just as part of the sort of background to it. For example, like, he's in a... Um, they go to this diner and there's a waitress that's a cow and like she'll serve steak to someone and the guy will go oh sorry um, or like she'll serve milk <laughs> to them out of, the, out of her udders <laughs> stuff like that and there's also like references to other celebrities like there's a director called Quentin Tarantulino um, <laughs> and stuff like that um, oh and there's also um, Bojack does a uh, a comedy. I think it's a flashback, and he's doing a comedy show, which is which he's not very good at. And there's actual crickets in the uh, audience. <laughs> um, so it's just stuff like that which make it sort of as the normal stuff's going on in the background, stuff which is just 
makes it a little bit more funny. Um, and also the because it's, it's got a mixture of humanoid animals and real humans, and some of the humanoid uh, some of the animals, um, they they obviously have traits of the the animal which they are, even though they're humanoid. So, for example, Mr. Peanut Butter, who's a Labrador, he um, he's obsessed with ten tennis balls. When someone rings the doorbell, he's like, "Oh, who's that? Who's that?" <laughs> um, and he drinks out a doggy bowl and sleeps in like a, this massive dog's bed thing. Um, and it all sort of adds to the sort of character. Um, and I like how they sort of bring those into the character and it sort of has, it reflects their sort of human traits as well, which I think is quite clever. Bojack, he's not a nice person, um, and at first you don't really like him, but he's, he's kind of lovable. And I think what I like about him is he's kind of a horrible character, he's an asshole basically, but he's a lovable asshole, he sort of knows he's an asshole and he is trying to get better. He fails most of the time, um, but he knows, he knows he's at fault and even though he keeps making these mistakes, he, he's trying to be better. And it's kind of like a Charlie Sheen sort of character in uh, Two and a Half Men. Um, you know, he's, he, drinks, he drinks a lot, does loads of drugs, sleeps around, and then feels bad about it the next day. Um, and I guess that's kind of relatable. Not that I do those things, but um, I don't know. Everyone's got flaws and it's good to sort of recognise them. Uh, it's really good that it, it, it's, it, does, it really balances the heartbreaking comedy really well, um, which I think is really good. Like... I wasn't expecting to like connect with it and sort of feel anything. I thought it was just a comedy and I thought, you know, it was going to be funny, but I actually found myself thinking about things, which I thought was really, really good. And it sort of does that really well. Um, each season has a sort of, sort of a theme to do with Bojack's life. Um, sort of, so the story sort of um, connects to that and that's, that's done pretty well. And it also references current, current trends in Hollywood and celebrity in the world. For example, the latest season, season four, which I haven't finished yet, um, Mr. Peanut Butter's running for governor of California and it sort of reflects, uh, I think it was written before the Trump campaign, but there's definitely like, you know, parallels you can draw with that. And I'd be surprised if they don't reference the uh, Harvey Weinstein, or have you pronounced his name, mm-hmm. thing that's going on at the moment in the next season. Um, and I think finally what I'm going to say is, the, the reason that I sort of got into it and kept with it is I think it's, it's one of those shows where I sort of know what to expect. So it's like, if I want to just chill out and put it on, like I, I know what it's going to be, it's going to be funny, it's going to... You know, it's, you're not going to be shocked or anything. It's just, it's just nice and easy to watch, and I think that's what I really like about it. Um, so yeah, this is one I've been meaning to watch for ages because people <laughs> like you, when I first heard about it, thought it sounded a bit stupid and was going to be like one of those rubbish things. But whenever I hear people talk about it, they say it's, they really like it, and they I've heard people say, I can't remember. I think I've heard people say it's kind of like a it paints a like a fairly realistic picture of depression and stuff like that. Yeah, which it does. Otherwise. Yeah. TV shows sometimes fail to do, which and things like that intrigue me about it, especially as you wouldn't necessarily expect that from this style of TV show. Yeah, it's so. definitely the, the characters are all definitely very. Like like I said, I wasn't originally. I thought you know it's a Hollywood thing; they're going to be mm-hmm. Hollywood characters, and you're not really going to be able to um, relate to them. But then when I watched it, you actually can, and they are re- very realistic. I think, and it does, like you say, it, it tackles stuff like depression and um, anxiety and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Cool. Um, and family issues and things like that. And it's, yeah, it's really good. Definitely um, sounds like once I finish Rick and Morty, I'll probably watch this. It's very different. Like when I because yeah. I, I finished Rick and Morty, which is obviously insane and ridiculous, <laughs> yeah, um, and very funny. And then I started watching this just because I wanted something else that was animated, and I was sort of in that mood. It's very different. And at first, it was a bit, you know, I wasn't sure, but then yeah, I really got into it. Is it same like half an hour episodes, or is it? Yeah, like twenty yeah. minutes, twenty five minutes. Cool. Um, uh, my. Uh... 
my girlfriend Ellen is watching this at the minute. Um, I tried <laughs> to watch it, um, and I think I just didn't really get the first episode. But then again, right. I'm more than willing to give it another go based on recommendations because you're not the first person um, to say how good it is. Um, yeah. I mean, some I remember not liking the first episode of Archer very much either. Mm. I think sometimes comedies can take a little bit of time to settle. I think I'm going to get back into Archer after this because I watched the first couple of seasons. I didn't, I didn't stop watching for any reason. I just haven't watched the rest, but um, I need to get back into that. Yeah. But yeah, um, it definitely gets better as well. I'd say it const- like each season is better than the last. Um, I don't know. It's just because the characters get more and more depth, um, and they introduce more and more different storylines. And there's more how many to seasons it. are there? Four, and four. there's like ten or twelve in a season. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not finished season four yet, but. It's another. It's another role for it. Is it Will Arnett who's the main? Character? Yeah, yeah. Bojack. He's bloody good, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he is. Job from uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, I was watching. Yeah. I was watching another uh, Netflix animation the other day. Um, big Big Mouth. Has anyone watched that or heard of it? This is another one where I I saw it and I didn't. I thought it it looked a bit. It, I of it. It looked like it was just too ridiculous it, or too. It's, it's really, really good and really well observed and funny in some instances. Then in other instances, it's totally missing. Um, right. But I would say overall, if you if you need something, you know, a comedy to watch on the go, I would say give it a go. Cause certainly, um, it's mainly based around um, three kind of, well, four kind of just about pubescent kids who were just getting into puberty. And um, mm. the main one of the main characters, he sees the hormone monster, who is a uh, kind of like his worst instincts, you know, as a monster, you know, he's just saying, you know, oh yeah, I just really want to fuck it. You know, he's just, um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, the main girl character who sees the hormone monstrous and it's some pretty well observed stuff. Um, some of it doesn't work, but I would, I would probably say, give it a go. One of the cool. main, the hormone monster sounds like he's voiced by Will Arnett, but he's not, um, no. <laughs> which disappointed me. Cause I thought this guy, you know, is really giving it everything. But, um, yeah, no, I, I I would recommend it. Um, one or two things don't work about it, but um, I think I'll give Bojack Horseman a go after this. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm definitely getting it once I've finished Rick and Morty, which might be a while, but enjoying it. Um, cool. Right, we're back around to you then, Al. What's your second? Okay, so I'm going gonna, gonna to talk about another comedy. It's uh, season, nine, season nine of uh, one of my favourite comedies, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, anyone who doesn't know, it's a kind of loose kind of you know reality slash fiction account of Larry David's life Larry David who is um, the co-creator of Seinfeld for former stand-up comedian um, it started a long time ago it, it's another HBO show by the way you think I'm being uh, you know <laughs> it's just paid by them it started in 1999 <laughs> so it's been going for a long time now uh, oh, wow. it's, had a, yeah, it, yeah. it's been two years off the air and it's finally come back. Now, for anyone who doesn't know about Copian Enthusiasm, it's based around the very, you know, financially secure life of Larry David as he navigates, navigates his life in Los Angeles, um, you know, putting his foot into various socially awkward situations. Um, the whole kind of stick of it is that Larry David is somebody who almost doesn't have a filter. So you might make an observation about somebody, but you keep it to yourself because you think that could be rude or that could lead, lead to something pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But Larry David has no filter. So the main joke of it is that we're kind of siding with Larry David, but at the same time, we're thinking, oh, why have you done that? And typically, <laughs> yeah. each of the episodes is self-contained, or more or less self-contained, and it all comes to a head where you'll see something at the start which is fairly inconsequential, 
and it'll come round and it'll just be it's a farce basically um you know larry david has got himself into another horrendous situation like there's um one of the very first episodes he's he's trusted to do a oh, i forget what the word is now like a memorial oh, no an obituary sorry uh for um his wife's aunt um and he manages to act because of his handwriting which is very poor it goes into the paper as you know dear mother beloved cunt instead of that um and larry david just kind of drops himself in these situations now this season as it's been a long time coming um i was very very excited by it and i have to say i've been massively disappointed by it so far um i'm still watching and i probably will finish it but um the term you know when a show just doesn't do it for you anymore is often jumping the shark well this feels like a backflip over the shark um it's not that the situations are necessarily any more unrealistic because Kirby enthusiasm, while it's always kind of positioned itself as kind of semi-real, semi-fictional, um, these ones just don't really fit. And I mean, the main problem I have with it is that Larry David in this season, he's just a bit of a dick, really. Whereas in in other seasons, he was rude, he was abrasive, he was um, you know inconsiderate. Quite often, he was saying what we were all thinking, and he just happened to have mm-hmm. no filter. But this season here, he tends to just... You're not really in his on his side anymore. You're just watching him, you know, become a cantankerous old man and put his foot in it, really. Like, um, giving his unwanted opinions on things. And this season, this season, it's mainly based around the fact that he gets a fatwa put on him by the Ayatollah of Iran for wanting to do a play based on Salman Rushdie's life. And it just doesn't feel right. Um, the joke's while quite funny at times still, just don't have that relatable feel to it. And I said often, I think the whole purpose of Kirby Enthusiasm is you've got to be on his side. You know, you have to, as much as you don't want to be in his shoes and you think, well, I wouldn't have done that, you've got to think to yourself, well, he's right, he's just not going about it the right way, or at least most of the time. And it just doesn't have it this season. Um, is, anyone, is anyone else a Kirby fan here? I know Dave is, but he's not here. No, I've not really seen it. I think I might have seen a bit, but not very much. Clive? uh, I've not seen any of it, but it is one of those that I keep wanting to watch because people keep telling me I'd like it. Like, the the first... I mean, I'm not saying all the seasons are as good as all the seasons, but, um, I mean, some of the seasons are absolute gold. Um, I mean, the the way it's written is he writes a general script and all of the performers in it... improvised kind of the rest of it but it's not mm-hmm. despite the fact it's improvised it's i don't know it somehow has a discipline to it and the timing is perfect um but like i said that this season is i feel it's just one too far i mean uh you know i'm a big boxing fan in boxing most fighters don't go out undefeated they don't go out you know pride and it seems to be that this show has gone that way you know it's stayed on for one fight too many and you know it's looking a little bit punch drunk um, still kind of to me it's still much watch TV simply because I'm such a fan of the the other seasons but um, disappointing anyway um, so no it hasn't been a rant for me from me but it's you know I'm not mad at you Larry I'm disappointed <laughs> that's worse that is worse it just yeah it just doesn't go with the central concept you know it's not a no, not, it's not something that's outlined but it's just it's a central philosophical context of the comedy. You have to be on his side. 
even mm-hmm. though sometimes he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, sure. You're not necessarily on his side in this one. Mm. Well, that sounds like a shame. So well, how many seasons are there of this, did you say? This, is, this is the ninth season. Right. Has there been like a big gap between? Uh, yes, there has. I mean, I think there was a two-year gap between this one and the last one. I'll just, oh, okay. I'll just but that's the longest there's been. Or? Actually, no, I'm lying, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm way off. Season 8 was 2011. So right, there's been okay. a six-year gap. I was going to say it didn't seem like it had been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, there's typically I hearing about it ages ago when I was into like Alan Partridge and stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's a similar kind of comedy. It's kind of it's embarrassment comedy essentially. It's people mm-hmm. putting the foot in it. Um, I mean, there's one classic scene from one of the earlier seasons where uh, he's playing cards poker with somebody, and this guy's on a. I mean, anyone who knows poker, this guy's on a big decision where he has to decide whether he's could put his money in or not, and he's taking ages and. Larry's getting very frustrated because he just wants to play and he's not in the hand. And the guy gives up on the hand and then he shows his cards and Larry David gets even more frustrated because the guy obviously had the winning hand. And we might all be thinking if we were playing poker with this guy, oh, you know, you coward. You know, why didn't you go for it? You know, you have to have a gamble there. And Larry Mm -hmm. David just can't contain himself. And he just gets it, sits, you know, puts his foot in it. But, um... (laughs) It's it's he's a man without a without you know that little thing in your head that tells you nope yeah, let's yeah. not say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, despite that, Larry David is not. By the way, he's not some racist you know un PC. He's not like yeah. uh, he's not like some alt right fanboy's wet dream. He's you know he's a liberal guy, but he's it's it's more nuanced than that. But um, anyway, yeah, yeah, I get you. <laughs> this season disappointing, but um, certainly if you. If you manage to binge watch all the rest of it, you probably have to give the season a go, but um, I would say it's disappointing. Okay, interesting. Um, that is one I need to get round to, the earlier stuff, definitely. Hmm. Uh, it sounds like it's up my street. Cable, have you got uh, another one or I've a round got a couple of, I've got a couple of, I've got a couple of brief ones. Um, cool, sounds good. Two BBC dramas, which have been on recently, that I've watched with my parents because I've I've been in quite a lot of. Well, I've been working for my towards my chartership and spent quite a lot of home doing that. Cut quite a lot of time doing that at home. So I've been watching TV with my parents. Um, watch these two shows. The first one is Doctor Foster, which I don't know if, I don't know if anyone's heard of. I've heard of Certainly it. Certainly heard um, of it. Yeah. Yeah. So the first season came out in 2015, I think. So two years ago. I didn't watch. I think I watched one episode at the time and then didn't watch the rest. But I've, season two came out recently and. We watched the first season and then the second season. Uh, it stars Suzanne Jones, who I think is in Coronation or was in Coronation Street. Uh, it's basically a mystery sort of drama where this doctor, played by Suzanne Jones, she she's a GP and she uh, she starts to suspect that her husband is cheating on her, and it's all about how she sort of deals with it and um, goes about sort of uncovering it and what she does about it. And I won't spoil it, but season one's about that, and then season two goes a bit further and. It's really good, but what what I wanted to say was everyone in it is like a horrible person, <laughs> and like there's a lots of like drinking, arguing, shouting, fighting, blackmail, lying. Mm-hmm. People, everyone's very manipulative, and they they use sex as a weapon, and it's very it's very gripping. Um, it's sort of edgy seat stuff, and it's visually very impressive, and like you're sort of always wondering what's going to happen next. But then like afterwards, I just keep I just was kept thinking these people are so fucking horrible. <laughs> Like, season two more than season one. Season one was really good, and season two was just got a bit ridiculous. Mm. Um, you know, they, she was just sleeping with people just to, like, get people, get, um, you know, to 
mess with the other person and like someone else was sleeping with this person and it's just a bit like I was just sort of thinking are people really like this in real life and while I did enjoy it by the end of it I was just like ugh you know I felt <laughs> I kind of felt like really sad and like you know you know like not an uplifting show no not really <laughs> and then the, the other show is called so it is very good I'll just say that but mm-hmm. yeah it left me a bit um, and the other show is called Liar it stars John Froggart um, who was in um, Downton Abbey and she's she's brilliant in this. Um, she plays Laura, and basically she she goes on a date with this guy called Andrew, who's a surgeon, and uh, then she ends up back with him at her flat, and then she wakes up the next morning and she thinks that she's been date raped, and I won't say any more because it's all about whether or not she has, and then what she does about it, and uh, it's called Liar just because there's a lot of characters in it, and you don't really know who's lying and who's not. Mm-hmm. And basically, they all they all are lying in one way or another, and yeah, everyone in it, everyone in it acts it really well. The she's a good, she, it's a very good portrayal of um, sort of dealing with. Uh, she she portrays like how how I don't know how to say it dealing with being a rape victim basically. It's very it's portrayed very well and like it does it very well, and also the guy who's accused of rape he um, acts that really well. Um, which again it would be very difficult um, and yeah again it's quite gripping and um, edgy, edgy seat stuff and it ends in a way well there's definitely going to be season 2 but it's going to be about another set of lies who did this <laughs> type thing <laughs> um, but yeah it was really good I really enjoyed that one cool um, yeah that's it interesting have you watched any of those uh, Al? No, I can't say I have to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not. I, t- I tend to miss. I think I've said this before. I tend to miss the best br- actual British TV content. Yeah, you have mentioned. Uh, I tend. I think the American content tends to get more hyped, gets more interest, and I think. Yeah. I think often as well, I am more interested in the American content because it's a different culture. I think. Um. Well despite the fact that it's in English language, but I think with the British content, sometimes feels to me it's not enough of an escape. But then when I end yeah, up watching sorry, it, I know what you mean. then when I end up watching it, that's quite often totally wrong. It can be just as much of an escape. Uh, I mean, you can go five miles down the country and you can be in a you know a totally different culture almost. But no, I, I really should watch more. But like we said earlier, there is almost too much good TV out there. Um, yeah, and I think often in this kind of era, it's about finding out what's good and what's great. Because often mm. I don't have time for what's good, <laughs> Unle- yeah. unless it's unless the actual genre is you know so set out for me specifically you know to my taste that i can forgive it some problems um Mm -hmm. like like the walking dead for instance (laughs) um which i continue to watch despite reservations but um (laughs) but yeah um i should give more things like this a go and particularly more so than bbc shows i should give channel 4 shows more of a go I've heard some very good things about a lot of content that's on Channel 4, which I used to be quite a big mm. um, peruser of. But um, mm-hmm. I've heard, has anybody, been, anybody watched, um, it, I think it's called It's Only the End of the Fucking World or something like that? Um, I'm not I've sure. I've heard about it. I heard it, I, it. I heard it was really good. Um, that's on Channel 4 as well. But that's, again, that's a prime example of something which I would like to give a go. I mean, um, cool. Certainly, they're very good for sci-fi content. Obviously, they they were the original hosts of Black Mirror. They did a anthology series series called Electric Dreams based on Philip K. Dick's works. 
I've heard right. about this. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. Very recently, they did Uto- yeah. you did Utopia, which was excellent. Utopia was great. Yeah. Really good. Um, they did uh, Human or Humans, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, yeah, which I watched. About that. Really enjoyed that, or at least I did the first season. Um, so there is really good stuff on British TV being produced by British talent. It's no longer an excuse of they don't have the budget or they don't have the ability. Um, no. There's a new there's a new one on BBC which I've not watched, but the first episode came out the weekend. Um, I think it's called Gunpowder. Oh yeah, it's got with uh, um, fit, Kit Harrington in. Fit Kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've heard that's good. So I might give, give that a go. Mm. I'm kind of behind on a lot of my shows actually. I need to catch up. What, Mr. Uh, Robots started again, didn't it? Season three. It has. I haven't been watching it because it's, I haven't yet. It's um, it's on Amazon Prime in this country, um, right? Which I discontinued simply because I um, I didn't have enough time to watch all the stuff. It'd be on the high seas, Al. It, yeah, it could be. Yeah, and, and maybe I'll get round to that. Um, almost <laughs> definitely. But um, also, also, uh, it might be worth me just buying Amazon Prime for one month, um, binge watching that, and probably binge watching season two of Preacher, which. Yeah. Uh, Preacher season one, I liked, but I had problems with as well. Um, but you know, it's an adaptation of something I have great a great deal of love for, so might be worth me doing that. Um, and I hear that American Gods is very good, but I haven't watched it, so it's not. Mm. I'm not. I'm not dissing the service. It was just at the time. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it wasn't doing anything for me. Yeah, there's so much TV at the moment. I there feel is. like I can't really keep up. Um, I'm going to talk about just very briefly um, a little summary of two other shows I've been watching. Cool. Uh, Go for having it. Having sort of slagged off Amazon, now I'm going to big up their uh, their main <laughs> rival again. Um, <laughs> two two Netflix shows. Um, one of which is Star Trek Discovery. Uh, before I start, is anyone is anyone else watching this? Any, no, any other? I really trackings? want to. I yeah. really want to because I've heard it's really good. Um, oh, I've I've had. Well, one person's told me it's amazing and it's better than The Expanse, which I've talked about and I loved. Yeah. And one person said that it's good, but he wasn't quite sure about certain things. So I'm interested. Are to see they Trekkies or? Um, not really. No. See, uh, okay. I'm not really a Trekkie. No, I'm not. But, I've always, I've, I've always wanted to be. <laughs> I've heard that it's like it's modernised and it's not really like the old Star Treks. Is that right? Um, I mean, I, not, have, I don't know. I, I did when I was a kid. I did used to watch some of Star Trek: The Next Generation when I was too lazy to change the channel after Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or was it before? <laughs> I can't remember. But anyway, um, it's certainly. From what I've seen of it and what I've heard from other people, it's a lot more, um, you know, suited for a modern audience in the in the sense that it's more action heavy, um, a little bit yeah. sexier, less diplomatic, which a lot of Trekkies I think would be upset with. But um, I've really enjoyed this to start with. Um, it's definitely more in tune with the current film series, which kind of keeps to Star Trek's roots, but um, makes it more of a blockbuster series. But I thought. I thought it was sorry to interrupt. I thought the someone told me that the TV um, universe was separate to the film universe. You know the new ones. Um, I it may well be. Um, I haven't seen any reason why it's definitely different yet. But uh, I'm sure someone told me that. It, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, uh, I sorry, mean, carry on. It's got. Some, I mean, it's got some familiar faces. In. It's got Jason Isaacs. Um, it stars as the captain in this kind of a morally kind of compromised captain and you've got uh, Shanika Martin-Green who people might better know from The Walking Dead is kind of the main stars um, I've really enjoyed it it's, it's, it's been it's got that mix of Star Trek that kind of you know this vast international well not international intergalactic community but it's also yeah. got that kind of the action sequences the fact that they're in a huge war with the Klingons um, 
The only question I would have is um, the Klingons. I've always thought the Klingons were borderline racist. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about in this one. You do seem to get different race Klingons, but the majority of them do seem to be almost like savage, savage portrayals, and you know the idea of colonialism with savages. I don't know. Um, somebody <laughs> much more, much better qualified than me would have to analyse that. But I am enjoying this so far. <laughs> Um, the only other one I want to talk about, uh, which I haven't finished yet, despite the fact it's all available on Netflix, is um, American Vandal. Has anyone heard of this? Any no, no, I've not. Okay, so if you're a fan of Making a Murderer, that kind of you know true crime documentary series that's been so popular recently, um, you'll probably be a fan of American Vandal. So it's set in an American high school, and mm. it's all about a kid called Dylan who has been accused of draw of spray painting 27 dicks on teachers cars <laughs> uh, it's a sort of documentary series very much in the style of making the mur- making a murderer um trying to prove his innocence or trying to find out um, it's a, less, a lot less of a serious crime yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's really really good and it's really really good because it's not that over the top like the yeah. person making the documentary takes it really seriously <laughs> like he's trying to analyze, you know, you know, lines of sight, where people's were, people's alibis, and uh, is, it, is it funny? Oh, it's really funny. Yeah, um, the main kid uh, is called Dylan Maxwell. Is brilliantly played. He looks the guy who plays him has that kind of idiot jock look, which, <laughs> although he's a great actor, Channing Tatum has. Do you know what I mean? That kind of meat, yeah, kind of like yeah, yeah. dumb-looking meathead look. And <laughs> he's really good because I mean, Dylan Maxwell, the character is like he's a delinquent. But he's he's claiming that you know it couldn't possibly have been him, um, and it's a big conspiracy. And it's I don't, it's just really well done. I mean, I, I can't speak to how it ends. This show will kind of be made made or broken by how it concludes, and I haven't watched it all yet. But um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Is I it said, meant to be a comedy? Or is it meant? Oh to be no, it's, it's definitely meant to be a comedy. Okay. Uh, it, I mean, it, it, it's a mockumentary essentially. Yeah. But okay. I think the fact the fact that it <laughs> plays the fact that it plays it so straight laced is what makes it so funny. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some obvious jokes in there, like when they're going over the evidence and they're saying how the the dicks that have been drawn on the cars couldn't be done by Dylan because <laughs> Dylan always draws his dicks with uh, ball hairs where the one in the car didn't have ball hairs. <laughs> it's, uh, I think I have to watch this. Yeah. Um, um, it's just the level of detail and the way how it totally understands the genre that it's, you know, kind of... I wouldn't say it's not really mocking because it clearly has a lot of affection for the genre. <laughs> you could like making a murder and still find this really funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a great deal more to say, say on it than that, but I've really enjoyed it so far. Sounds good. <laughs> cool. Um, talking of drawn penises, uh, you've brought, you've reminded me of something actually. Today, <laughs> where, today I was taking the uh, kids swimming, and uh, on the bus, <laughs> I was sat behind uh, these two kids, and they like you know those little table trays they have. One of them pulled it down, and it said "big juicy," and they had a picture of a cock on it <laughs> with really hairy balls. <laughs> but this Jesus. girl uh, didn't see what she was like. Mister Fisher, this says "big juicy," and then it's got a weird picture on it. And I was like, <laughs> Um, it's just a lollipop. Oh, jeez. <laughs> How old were these what? kids? What was I supposed to say? Oh. It's a penis. You were implying that you suck on it. No, I was just... <laughs> 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 They're eight. I was just I trying to make it uh, seem like an innocent thing. And then uh, <laughs> I told the bus driver on the way <laughs> off. Uh, yeah, he's probably sort that tray out on, you know, row E. <laughs> Is it, was it a school bus? Yeah. Well, it was like a, a coach that's used oh, for school swimming, so, so I assume other older children go on it as well, but I don't know. I think, seeing as you've mentioned children, it's a nice segue into 
Shall we talk about the show that's coming out tomorrow? Oh, Season Stranger two. Things. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm excited to Are watch excited? this. I'm, I'm excited. extremely excited. I think I'm going to be... I think over the course of the day, I probably will watch at least half of it. Um, if Ellen had her way, we'd be watching all ten of them in a row, uh, but I can't do that. I think the most yeah. I can do in a row is two episodes, and I'll need a little break. Yeah, um, sure. I'm thinking by the end of the weekend, I mean, I'm pretty much out of action all of Saturday, um, but I think by the end of the weekend, I will have watched them all. I think we'll probably watch it start of next week, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I'm looking forward to it anyway. What happened at the, at the end of season one? Can you remember? Just, uh, I was trying to sort of recall. Well, um, Will Will is saved um, yeah. from the upside down, um, but he he vomits up like a slug almost, and he keeps oh, having yeah. flashes where he's in the upside. Sorry, this is spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Stranger <laughs> Things. You know where the fuck have you been? So um, don't care. Um, yeah, so I think all Isn't, is Eleven stuck in the upside down. Oh yeah, she's well. Yeah. she might be dead. Um, but judging by the trailers from this one, she's definitely not dead. But um, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. Clive, ask me out of ten how excited I am. <laughs> Al, out of ten, how excited are you for Stranger Things? Eleven. Oh, off the scale. <laughs> Anyone who um, didn't see that coming is not clever enough to be listening <laughs> to this podcast, and you do not need to be very clever to listen to this podcast. You do. <laughs> we use words like kaleidoscopic and the. Those are big words like I, that. Are you? Um, is that? Are there any other shows that people are interested in that are coming out or coming back soon? Um, I have no idea what's coming probably out. Probably are, and I can't remember right now. Star Wars Rebels just died. Season oh. four, final season. That's really good. Started watching that. Oh, I need to carry on with that. I had started at yeah. one point. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Will you be That's watching good. this season of The Walking Dead, Clive? Um, I haven't watched season seven yet, so. Won't you be? I, would, I do it? intend to catch up at some point. Not forced, but like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I, I've watched the first episode. and I'm not going to spoil it, but um, I wasn't massively impressed. <laughs> well, it was the first episode of the last, or the se- first or second episode of the last one that put me off. So. I haven't watched it since. But I mean, I'll, I'll repeat. I do my, want to get back into it. I'll repeat my criticism of Negan. I, I think he's just. I don't get him, and if I can't understand why he's acting like he is, he's just a pantomime villain. So I was never that huge <laughs> yeah, fan yeah. of him. Okay, I get what you mean. I've heard people who, who love it, but who love him in particular. Well, yeah, I mean, he so, he's but... su- he is sufficiently evil, and I think the performance by uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is really good. I've got no mm. criticism with him. I think the writing's not good enough. I think right, sure. I, I need to understand why he's an evil shit because I don't, you know, people aren't just full on evil shits. I need to understand, even if it's purely for selfish reasons, is he an evil shit just because he wants to dominate people? He wants um, to be the king. Maybe, you know, he had a shit life before this. Yeah. Um, I need to know that, you know, um, just a little bit. I just don't want him to be this all powerful gang leader who's, you know, evil as Hitler, basically, um, without knowing any more. Mm. And that's why it doesn't. Quite oh, would work you say me, Walking Dead is one of? You say Walking Dead is one of these shows where you know it's really flawed and it's, it's quite often bad, but you still love it because of how much time you spent with it and like I don't know. Well, it's it, it's not a bad show. It's um, I mean, obviously the production values are really really good, and often the set pieces are spectacular and um, they do have some really good characters in it. Um, the problem is that the writing is often lazy or hackneyed or. Um, and for every time it satisfies, it seems to just lose its way. 
Right. Um, twice as much. Um, did you um, Did you watch Lost? Yes. What did you think of that? Have we uh, talked about it before? Uh, we might have done. Um, Michael Johnson is the person that talks about this. Michael Johnson is a keen defender of Lost. I really so liked, am I. I really liked it up to a point, but then I hated the last few seasons. But I still watched them all. Mm. Yeah. See, I, I'm a defender of it as well. I think um, I've got no problem with a show being surreal like Lost, and I don't need it to spoon feed, spoon, uh, spoon feed me all the answers. But mm. Lost kind of wrote itself into a hole, and it just didn't satisfy me. Um, mm. I felt, I don't know, I, felt I needed a better conclusion than it did. And I, I liked the ending. And I really hate, I liked it. I really hated Jack. <laughs> Like Fair I, enough. I specifically like I was thinking, you know, you know, Sawyer is way, 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 way better looking than you. Uh, I don't know. I I always wanted Kate and Jack to end up together. I'd rather Sawyer. Uh, mm. Kate. Sawyer was cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Lost. Yeah, Lost is one of my one of the shows which I'll always love and think back fondly on. I think it might have been one of the first ones, you know, the first of that sort of format which I sort of got into and sort of. You know, was obsessed with. Yeah, it was for um, me. It was for me. It I, did. It did suffer at times, but I think I generally loved it, and I think I loved the characters, and that's what I loved most about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't. I didn't hate the ending. I quite liked it. I mean, um, I, I was watching it at the same time as I was watching Twenty Four, so they were the kind of the first two yeah. seasons, you know, big all American seasons that I got into. When I look back on Twenty Four, I wonder how good it actually was. Certainly, it got crap towards the end. Um, yeah, I didn't. I never got into it. Um. And I don't think I realised at the time how massively right-wing a show it was. Um, <laughs> it, it's like when you analyse Batman too deeply and you realise yeah. it's basically <laughs> a right-wing dream. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just want to, you know, put my fingers in my ears and go la la da la 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 Batman. Um, you know, so maybe maybe I mean, it's pos- if, maybe it's possible. Not everyone to- who's right wing is evil, though. So. No, that's true. N- not, <laughs> not that I'm suggesting that, but um, <laughs> at at all, um, I think it's probably possible to enjoy a show like that and not be on board with its politics. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> um, the only other show that I'm particularly looking forward to returning doesn't really have a, a set date, which would be Westworld. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll be next year, won't it? And Black Mirror. Black Mirror is definitely this year. That's quite soon, yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. At, I think at this point, Clive. Oh, first of all, before we do that, Clive, have you been watching anything <laughs> else on TV, Clive? Because um, I know well, you're not a big TV fan, but you know. I do occasionally. What Bake Off? I've watched a few episodes of Rick and Morty, which I'm enjoying. Slowly getting through that. Um, we've been watching the Bake Off, uh, which has been. It's been it's been good to watch together. I will definitely want to watch it. I've watched several of those with Clive. And there's uh, yeah, all the people left are a bit boring. <clears throat> is it? But, <laughs> is it the same without Mel and Sue? Um, I don't really know because I didn't really watch it before. But Noel's, I like Noel I like Noel. Good. Noel's cool. Uh, the rest aren't particularly exciting in my opinion. I mean, but um, yeah, it's been it's been amusing to watch. I mean, Paul Hollywood's just shite in a shirt, really, isn't he? I mean, um, I've never been a fan of him, but. <laughs> Uh, he's fine, but he's not particularly entertaining. Uh, yeah, I like Noel, and that's about it. But I think they've reined him in too much, or he's reined himself in a bit too much. I wish he was a bit more crazy. My my opinion is that they should they should have got someone to make, replace Mary Berry, who wasn't another quite similar woman. Yeah, because like change the dynamic. They should have sort of, I think they should have mixed it up completely. Mm. Who but who's replaced her? I can't even remember. Her some name. woman called Prue, isn't it? Or something? I don't know. Yeah. 
Oh, oh gosh. She's alright, she's fine, but... Yeah. So yeah, it's alright. Uh, what else? I feel like something else. Oh, I've been watching... Beck's been forced me to watch The Apprentice <laughs> now and again. Um, which, again... It, again, it's kind of entertaining, but at the end I kind of just hate everyone in it. Yeah. <laughs> which is usually what I think of whenever I watch The Apprentice. I used to watch, I watched The Apprentice when it first came out for a few seasons, then I got fed up with it. So And realised it was a waste of my life. Same. <laughs> and it's one, of the, it's one of the things where you could only take so, many, so much of it, and then it's just yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, I think It is entertaining at times, but... I think the only business-related show I like uh, is Dragon's Den, and I still like it. It's a guilty pleasure, but... Um, mm-hmm. but that, I, I, I understand why you can like that. That's good. That's quite but, varied, well, though, isn't it? Because you can get yeah. all sorts of people coming up. I mean, the funniest ones is, where, is when someone comes in with a truly terrible idea or values <laughs> their business that hasn't sold a thing at, like, £5 million or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the dragons are nearly, you know, to a man, dickheads, but, um, <laughs> but even still, you know. I mean, Duncan 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 Bannatyne lives in in Teesside as well, despite being Scottish. <laughs> is he a dickhead? Has he still he got right. Bannatyne gyms? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he is a dickhead or not. To be honest with you, I'm not sure. <laughs> but my my friend once sat next to him on a plane, said he didn't say a word. Um, why was, would he though? There's, <laughs> yeah, true. Well, it's just he could have said hi, but <laughs> true. There is some really really um, slanderous rumours. Pass me the sick bag. Slanderous rumours about Duncan Bannatyne on Teesside. <laughs> involving involving ice cream vans and what they may or may not have sold. I'm not even going to say it, just on the off chance that this gets you know my meagre possessions taken from me in court. Uh, <laughs> but we'll leave wow. that there. I'm going to have to ask you about this. <laughs> right, interesting, Clive. Well, well, um, normally, I'd, make, I'd normally make a joke at this point relating to maybe a bath or a sundial <laughs> or you know. Ticking hands. Have you run out of jokes? Just tell me what the fucking time is, alright? <laughs> it's plug time! At Stick Around Cast on Twitter. Slash Stick Around Podcast on Facebook. Stick Around. Slash Stick Around Podcast on Instagram. Slash Stick Around on Patreon if you want to throw some money our way. Stick Around Podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us emails. You'll find us on just type Stick Around into any podcast that will come up. Green leaf thing. Actually, it's a white leaf on a green background. With some words underneath it. Um, subscribe. Tell your friends. Give us five star reviews or any reviews on iTunes because apparently they make us more searchable. Nicely wow. done. Wow, that was really, <laughs> that was really pro. Yeah, I liked it. Second pro one in a row, I might add. I kind of got yeah. lost in it actually. Um, yeah. Um, I don't even think you missed anything. Um, I, I feel like I probably have, but there's that much. Clive Fisher, stick around. Stick around's very own Swiss stack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stacked Swissman. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think you should eat one, Clive. I mean, <laughs> I will eat one, but it'll feel like cannibalism. Well, we were going to go and get one, but then I got one on my own. <laughs> I, I, I might get one tomorrow, and then I'll um, send yeah, you a picture. <laughs> right. Okay. And the review of it was stick around it. But I've not had a Big Mac in a while, so I can't really compare it. But it was diff- It was similar to a Big Mac, but different, which I guess is what it's meant to be. Um, but I still prefer Chicken Legend. Right. Mm. But you know, sounds that's... disappointing because if it's a real Swiss stack, it, you, <laughs> just, you, you, you'd love it. Did you uh, attempt to get any Shetland sauce and throw a tantrum no, where they didn't have didn't. any? <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, I loved it. What What I love about that is how um, the creators of Rick and Morty basically admitted that they hate half their own fan base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I thought the most eloquent line on it was, "Each and every one of these people thinks they're a Rick. They're not a Rick. They're a Jerry." <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to be a Jerry 
Oh, I, love, <laughs> I love Rick and Morty so much. It's so good. Yeah, right. It's true, though. It's true. I mean, what? I, I can't believe it, to be honest. It's funny. Well, I could believe it, but... <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Uh, we'll be back with, next time... Music, just I believe. TV. Yeah, music, I think, and then it'll be back to films, won't it? <clears throat> yeah. Filling your ears. Slot with music, and boy, have I been listening to plenty of music. I, yeah. I'm really I've also bought an electric drum kit, so I'm planning to just play that Ooh. for an hour. <laughs> I'm really, really looking forward to the next film one, because I've been watching quite a few films and some really yeah. good ones and some ones that I just have an opinion on. Uh, so we'll okay. see how that goes. That sounds cool. interesting. I need to catch up on a lot of films. So maybe th- half term will be the time that happens. I think we should wrap this up because I, I was sat in Clive's attic and I'm starting to get pretty cold. It is pretty cold. <laughs> right. It means he wants a hug. Yeah, right. basically. Uh, okay, thanks we, for coming, everyone. We, it's been a Clive, pleasure, Al. It has. It's been a pleasure, Clive. Uh, Clive, I, I think we should sign this off with um, the the same way you signed off a the presentation you did at uni. Do you remember how that went? <laughs> I don't remember what you're on about. His name's been Clive Fisher. His name's been James Cable. My name's been Alex Wayne, and you've been do 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 simply the best. <laughs> Better than all. I remember it now. Yeah, the crowd was dancing. Yeah, wasn't wasn't that you um, doing Brent? Oh no, you didn't, did you? What did you say? You said something like that. I remember. (laughs) I don't know what you're on about. You 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 told me you signed off some lecture with the same way David Brent ended his (laughs) seminar. (laughs) I don't remember this, but probably. Uh, I think I yeah I do. I remember doing a presentation and coming up with some stupid jokes in it. And then I think I did sign it off. I don't think I signed it off like that. It was something like that. But I'll think of it maybe next time I'll remember it. I'll ask one of my uni friends. I'm sure they'll remember the cringeworthy moment. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, guys, stick around. Come back next time for music. Yes, please do. Stick around. Stick around. (laughs) Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around